welcome to another edition of the Unicorns podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. On the Unicorns today, it's time to talk all things honey and other matters with Ben Raw. Ben is the Chief Operating Officer of ASX-listed company Eve Investments. He's also the CEO of Maluka Australia. Ben Rawl, welcome to the Unicorns. Thanks, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, let's get started. Tell me about Eve Investments and how the business began. Yeah, well, Eve's been around for nearly 20 years now. uh, And until about two years ago, it was um, a listed investment company uh, looking for investment opportunities. So for sort of until the last couple of years, that's what that it, it was categorized as an LIC on the ASX. Mm-hmm. Um, and back in the day, it originally had a focus on technology, looking for investments in technology. Being Perth based, it principally became focused on mining investments. Uh, and it had a series of different investments that took it in various directions over those years. Until yeah. about five years ago when I joined the company, I came back from the US and we started to focus back on technology. Um, during that time, you know, Eve had always, but uh, particularly when I was became involved, we had a macro-driven focus for its investments. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't take too long for our focus to shift into opportunities that were in the health and wellness space. Um, okay. you know, we, we kind of wanted to leverage Australia's reputation for high-quality produce. Um, And we wanted to find uh, vertically integrated sort of opportunities that had a unique story attached to it that could resonate, Mm -hmm. obviously, with consumers. And that's when we came across um, uh, in northern New South Wales an old growth tea tree plantation uh, that had a manufacturing business attached to it. So here we have. Where's that? Is that is that up near like up Byron Way up that way? Yeah, it's about an hour uh, an hour out of Ballina, so very close to to Byron Bay. Um, And the amazing thing about the plantation itself is a large part of it is an old growth plantation. So it's Mm -hmm. got these ancestral tea trees that have been growing on this location for over thirty six thousand years. Uh, you know, there's some mother trees there that are over a thousand years old and they're completely untouched. It's, it's truly magnificent. And for the, for those of your listeners that don't know what tea tree is, uh, tea tree is an indigenous tree to Australia. Uh, and okay. in particular, that area of northern rivers, the Bungawalban Valley Basin is where it originates from. Uh, and tea tree forms the, the basis for tea tree oil, which is the the most prominent product that is uh, sort of associated to to that plant. Yeah. What do you um, use that for? I've, tea tree oil. Heard of that. Um, yes. It's it's probably the most arguably the most uh, renowned essential oil on the market globally. It's known yeah. for its antibacterial properties. So it's got a particular compound in there that's incredibly antibacterial. So it's used in a lot of sort of cosmetic type products, skincare products, as well as cleaning products and shampoos and things like that. Okay. Uh, as a natural antibacterial uh, type uh, oil. Hmm. Uh, um, so anyway, back to how it, it you know this evolved. We sort of then commenced discussion with the founders of those businesses. We um, uh, you know we did rather than sort of jump in and secure the businesses that were attached. So there was this amazing tea tree plantation where we di- where they distilled organic tea tree oil. 
uh, produce that oil and they would sell it all around the world, principally in the US. Uh, there was also a US distribution business. So rather than just outright secure these businesses, um, we decided to embark on a joint venture with the founders of those businesses uh, and mm -hmm. we formed um, Maluka Honey, or which has you know, since become Maluka Australia. And we yep. established hives on the farm and launched a honey range together. Uh, and this then really was the inception of where we are today. Was Correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a, a hemp play Eve was involved with at, at some point? Well, you know, our initial honey range um, had a tea tree honey, uh, two tea tree honeys uh, attached to it now. Initial tea tree honey, a regular sort of everyday raw honey, raw organic, everything's organic, and a hemp seed honey. Um, so we mixed, um, we infused uh, organic hemp seed into our honey. Uh, that product is still there, still very popular and doing well. Uh, we have also in place still a agreement with THC, which is another listed company on the ASX, to grow cannabis on our farm. Uh, and once that cannabis is grown, we were targeting the production of a CBD honey. So, that, so just, uh, just just to check here, Ben, you're doing all of this legally. <laughs> completely legally, yes. Uh, look, our, our expertise has never been in the, the cannabis space, so we decided to get someone in who could manage all that licensing. Uh, a lot of your listeners will be aware with the, the, the skills involved in securing and the regulation involved around CBD and hemp. Not hemp yes. less so, but CBD. And so uh, we wanted to get someone who does that as their principal business and and then leverage their produce to produce what is our principal business, which is more in the, the food and health and wellness uh, category more broadly. So you're now one of the top 10 honey sellers on Amazon US. What markets do you operate in? Um, yeah, thanks for pointing that out, Justin. It, look, it's it, we launched on US Amazon last year. Um, initially, it was designed to sort of establish a presence in that market. I don't know if you know a lot about Amazon in the US. Everyone knows about Amazon, right? But the significance of Amazon in the US uh, can be explained really in statistics. Like they have over 100 million paid-up Prime members. That's people that pay to be members of that platform for the right to shop and get free delivery. Um, mm. uh, and so that's an amazing amount. You know, four times the population of Australia con dedicated consumers that are members. Um, and depending on what resource you read, between 50 to 65% of product searches in the US commence on Amazon. Compare that to about 10 to 15% that commence on Google or Facebook. There's the power of Amazon right there. It is a, it is a behemoth. Um, and so we thought, you know, logically, let's start in the US where we've got consumer eyes. Um, and so we established our products on that platform last year. Uh, we sent over, we're FBA fulfillment by Amazon. So we sent over our product into their fulfillment centers. And then amazingly, COVID hit. Um, if Amazon was powerful before 2020, it has become a super uh, uh, powerful <laughs> business now. Uh, Amazon, you know, everyone, you know, with the closure of a lot of brick and mortar stores, um, yep. Amazon, Amazon became not just, you know, those incredibly strong numbers before, but just grew incredibly over that period. 
And we were luckily enough, uh, you know, straddling uh, a sector of their business that was allowed to continue to operate over that time, given the strong, the growth in demand, they had to close down parts of their business. And Honey was a key, um, particularly Honey that, you know, has a, a considered medicinal factor in the way it mm-hmm. eats. Our, our honey's raw, it's organic. Um, our tea tree honey has, you know, those benefits of those antibacterial and antioxidant properties. So honey became an incredibly strong popular product and our honey in particular became a sought after a product on Amazon. So we, we sought up the Amazon charts and has given us, I guess, a seat at the table with a lot of really great honey producers that are leveraging that platform as well as others in the US. Yep. And so I think your original question said, what markets do you operate across? But so as well as the US, we're, we're in Australia in a home market, um, particularly on the East Coast. Um, and we also um, are in China. So they're the three principal markets at the moment. So I imagine it would have been a very steep learning curve for you to sharpen up your game on all things honey when you uh, joined the business. <laughs> That's very true, Justin. I, uh, my background is is quite diverse. I'm actually, I've actually got a commerce degree, accounting and finance. What do I know about honey, right? <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a chartered accountant. I've I've worked in investment banks in sort of London and Sydney, but yeah. at the same time, I've co-owned three coffee shops. Yes. Um, I've co-founded a US gaming technology company, um, yes. and I, now here I am working with Eve as CEO of Maluka Australia, and in the honey business, um, and in the food, health, and wellness business. Look, I, I'm fortunate enough that. You know, when we found that opportunity and we started going, getting heavily involved, I was working very closely with um, a lot of the incredibly knowledgeable honey producers in that region. Um, and uh, obviously with the founders of the, the plantation who have been farming tea tree for, you know, 40 years or so, uh, learned a lot about tea tree as well. And so, uh, you know, the learning curve was steep, but because every day was involved with and around these doyens of their their particular you know skill sets, I you know I picked it up really quickly and I could see you know I've I changed my my own consuming habits and my family's consuming habits mm. rapidly as a result of this and <laughs> as I saw the opportunity and and I, you get educated and and consumers globally and it's amazing how I've changed my mindset and how to communicate to consumers. You know, mm. the education piece is at the forefront of, of, of everything that you do, no matter what the product is that you're selling. But um, particularly in the honey space in Australia, um, educating people what, what it is and how you're, what you're producing or what we are producing is different um, was a really steep learning curve for us. And it's yep. something that um, we found has resonated in, in what our consumers love about our products. Well, on that question, I'm sure you've you've had this question before. What's the difference between Maluka and Manuka honey? <laughs> uh, quite simply, Maluka is a brand. So Maluka honey is a brand. Manuka is a type of honey. So Manuka Manuka is um, a Maori word actually for the the uh, the word tea tree. Um, yeah. So. 
And the interesting thing is Manuka honey is sourced from a particular type of tea tree, which is different to the tea tree that we have in northern New South Wales. Um, it's called Leptospermum. And Leptospermum grows native, if you, according to the New Zealanders, it's, uh, it's native to New Zealand. However, um, it's actually grown all over Australia. It's all up the east coast. It's, uh, it's also in New Zealand. And there's different types of Leptospermum. Um, that is the basis of um, the bee, where the bees harvest to produce Manuka honey. Um, our Maluka honey is a branded product. So we have some non-tea tree honey that is also Maluka branded. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they sound very similar. Maluka mm -hmm. is an abbreviation of the word Melaleuca. Tea tree, which is the basis that produces tea tree oil, comes from a species of tea tree called Melaleuca alternifolia. So we derive that name Maluka from the word Melaluka uh, uh, as a brand. Uh, and, yes. And so therefore, you know, if you think of Maluka as a brand and Manuka as a type of honey, like we could produce uh, Maluka honey that is a Manuka, uh, a Maluka Manuka, if you will. Um, and so if you <laughs> That's think, a if mouthful. You, if you think of it that way, um, you will go a big step into differentiating what we're doing and, and what Manuka honey is. Tell me, as part of your research in your role, have you had to don the white suit with the helmet and the, the smoker to, to really get in there? Um, look, I have. I have. I, you know, interestingly enough, uh, depending on the bees and the time of the year that you're with them, um, a lot of our beekeepers um, and the people we work with don't actually wear the white suits. Um, and, and often really? they're not even wearing the, the head gear. They will assess the bees uh, based on how they're behaving as to what they're wearing. If and they're so they will, uh, more often than not, I'd say 80% of the time I'm with the bees and I'm with those keepers, they're not wearing anything. Sometimes mm. they're just wearing the head the headgear and they might pass it to me. Um, and, and so I get a little, little nervous in there, but uh, the more I'm around them, the more comfortable I am. And if they're not looking aggressive, uh, you know, they just don't want they, – they won't bother you too much as all, at okay. all. As long as you're not yeah. bothering them, they won't bother you. There's been a lot of media attention in the last, say, five years about the future of bees globally. What do you know about um, that issue? Yeah, look, bees globally are sort of under threat. We're talking principally the – European honeybee is what everyone is referring to when you see those articles. Now, you, the European honeybee is also the principal source of the, the honey that we eat, uh, you know, daily around the world. Um, but it's also an incredible pollinator. Um, uh, you know, and you can look at stats about the sort of 50% decline in the US of the bee population sort of in 2018, uh, 2019, I actually haven't seen the statistics for there would have been a decline. Bees, like any sort of insects uh, that are intensely farmed, have a lot of disease problems uh, that can okay. get into their hives. Yeah. They're amazing at bees are incredibly intelligent and amazing at, at keeping an environment that is bacteria free. However, like any invaders in that space, you know, people that have bees on their Diet or not people that uh, the insects, other competing insects like the varroa mite, uh, that get a benefit from infiltrating a colony, 
um, you know, they also adapt to this and they get opportunities in it. I don't know if you've seen some of the um, stories about the killer hornets out of Japan, um, you know, finding a way into the US as well. They can decimate colonies too. So there's a lot of threats. And as honey demand grows around the world um, mm. and pollination is required for things like almonds and avocados and any sort of agricultural produce that, you know, relies on pollination, these bees are so integral to it. So they're, they're more intensely farmed uh, and, and it allows these, uh, I guess, these diseases and these pests uh, to sort of infiltrate and, and challenge these populations. So we need to be acutely aware of it and we yep. need to manage that. Now, the, this is really, I'm really glad you raised this, Justin, because we have, we've done a, a study with uh, Dr. David Rudd uh, uh, out of um, Southern Cross University and Monash University that looked at um, bees consuming Melaleuca alternifolia, so the tea tree that we've been talking about. And, wh and when they do, um, he has identified two important immune functions in the bee uh, gut microbiome that have been enhanced as a result of, of harvesting from tea tree. So um, we we see our bees as, as healthier than perhaps bees in other locations that don't have the benefit of tea tree in, in their harvesting zones. Now, I understand Maluka has just officially launched its immunity booster in Australia. Can you tell me a little more about the raw honey concentrate and, and who you're aiming that product at? Yeah, so we... Obviously, we're health and wellness, so we're not just honey, um, but um, we, we want to extrapolate off our honey and tea tree origins and, and produce a lot of product that can benefit people holistically. Gut health is an incredibly crucial part of uh, people's immune systems, uh, and people are becoming more and more educated and aware of it. I don't know if you knew, Justin, but one in five Australians have at some time in their life experienced IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, mm. bowel syndrome. Um, uh, this is twice as common in women. Um, there's a, it's estimated that between 10 and 15% of the population live with reflux or indigestion issues. So gut health is so important for people. And we, we, we wanted to do something with our incredibly sort of organic and raw honey and, and we thought um, fermenting this, obviously, uh, with some of the success that you've seen with and, and wide, you know, sort of mainstream use of kombucha, uh, we wanted to sort of target that from a honey point of view. And so we decided to ferment our honey. But we wanted to go also a step further and, and sort of push away just from sort of a natural fermentation and give something that was more supplemental in its treatment of of gut health and so yeah. we decided to add probiotics to this fermentation of the honey to produce a concentrate drink concentrate um, is almost like a cordial so it's a yeah. it's a thick sort of liquid that evolves that you can add to water or consume straight it's quite strong straight um, and consume as a sort of a supplemental uh, fermented honey drink that mm -hmm. is really targeting gut health. What does it taste like? It's delicious. It's delicious. So we have two flavours. Um, we've got honey and lemon and, and just our straight raw honey. Yeah, the natural sugars of the honey are just beautiful. If you like honey, 
you'll love these drinks. It's a, you know, a key part of why we did this is to try and look at delivery mechanisms for probiotics. Yeah. Uh, you know, often people sort of have um, tablets and things like that. We wanted something that, you know, makes it easy for people to sort of get that supplemental hit in a natural way through their everyday life. And by delivering it as a concentrate, it's also really affordable. So our, hmm. our, our bottles, you know, they're $35, but you get, you know, it's really about just over a dollar a serve. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, and it's just a really lovely way to consume it. And, and our initial take-up has been really phenomenal from our consumers. And where, where can you buy it? Um, at the moment, we've launched it online on our store. We only launched it originally in April with a, a really small run we did initially. The fermentation stage takes a little bit of time. Um, and we've only just recently done a much bit larger production run. So we limited the availability directly on our website, maluka.australia.com.au for those in Australia. If you're yep. in the US, it's maluka.australia.com. Um, and so you can buy it directly from our stores. We've just put it on um, Amazon uh, Australia and the US too. Um, and we're about to get into our brick and mortar stores a- a- across Australia. Um, and it will follow in, in various markets uh, in the coming 12 months. So if you were to look at your entire suite of products that you're making available to consumers, how are they selling? Um, uh, you mean in particular which products are selling best? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, Just yeah. give us a sense of what's popular, what's, um, you know, what's taking off in what different markets. Yeah, look, in the US, uh, our leading pro- product, without a doubt, is our every what I call our everyday honey. So it's our sort of entry-level Maluka honey. It's not surprising. It's also our cheapest. So that retails for $12.95 US uh, in yep. the US. Um, it's an everyday honey, so you consume it like you consume your everyday honey on your toast, um, you know, in your tea, however you would like to consume it. And it's organic. It's raw. Um, our Tea tree honey and our hemp seeds honeys are, are sort of more expensive buy-ins. So it it is a, a much greater purchase. Um, our entry-level tea tree honey starts at $29.95 US. In Australia, that is $34.95 US uh, for a 275-gram jar of honey. It, it has an infusion of a tea tree extract, which has all those benefits of tea tree, uh, the antimicrobial function, as well as the antioxidants. So that growth is generally we use our everyday honey as our introduction to the brand. So we promote yes. it as yep. here's your starting point. You've never heard of us before. Try this. See see whether you like it. Then look at our other products. We've got these honey drinks. Um, we've got the tea tree honey, the hemp seed honey, and it's working really well. So we're just seeing steady growth across all those types of honey. Um, the, the drink has a different market. So, you know, I mentioned that it straddles, um, you know, people that are, are consuming food for gut health, such as kombucha drinkers, but it also straddles that supplemental customer. So that means targeting, you're targeting across different market sets. Um, but the take up has been really, really strong and it's introduced a new consumer and a different mechanism to approach those consumers. To our honey, so it's had the the opposite effect. Rather than the the um, the everyday honey launching and then people trying the honey drink, the honey drink has in many ways been a beachhead for those supplemental type consumers that have then 
introduce themselves to our honey. So we've got a sort of couple of different strategies that are working in different markets as we roll out these products. Because that's a bit of a hot segment at the moment, isn't it? The probiotic market, nutritional health. Um, you're seeing a lot of uh, certainly the bigger players um, really extending their product line. I imagine um, there's a lot of upside for a company like Eve to, to get into that space as well. Uh, definitely. Um, you know, people are only just beginning to get education and understanding about probiotics and nutritional foods and its benefit to the overall health and well-being of individuals. Uh, science is, is rapidly growing in this area. Uh, it's already come a long way in the last 10 years. You know, what was 20 years ago really a fringe alternative movement has become a strong mainstream movement. When you combine sort of that with natural and organic food, people, you know, if you look at the stats, particularly this is driven heavily out of the US, but Australia is also at the forefront of this. Um, you know, they, these generations, after Generation X, each generation has taken, uh, you know, has taken a really strong uh, sort of educational approach to its nutritional, uh, uh, I guess, consumption um, cycle. Yes. Um, so they really want to know where food is from, where mm. it's getting produced. Um, and so that has driven a lot of the organic and uh, GMO-free type movement that is huge in the US and is very big in Australia. And then this sort of nutritional food focus has seen the probiotics sort of come along for the ride as people get education and say, okay, well, we're eating good food. We know where it's from now, but why, why do I still have problems with my gut and how is this impacting my everyday life? And, and this is real, we're just on the precipice of it now. Uh, you know, a lot of people might think it's sort of mainstream now, but there's a long way to go. So we see this as a really evolving market that's going to be a lot bigger in the coming 10 years. So your products are now available internationally. Do you have to work with distribution partners uh, in these overseas markets uh, to, to get your product out there? Uh, look, any business, right, is so reliant on who you partner with. Uh, it is so important finding um, sort of partners that suit your product mix and have access to customers. Access to customers is probably the most challenging um, uh, thing any new business can go through, particularly in a growth cycle. You know, the cost to access them, uh, the ability to build a profitable model off the back of that, and then the ability to have repeat customers off the back of that. COVID has changed a lot of this. However, mm. you know, it really depends on each market. Each market is really different. And you've got to look at each market unto itself and you've got to give that market the focus that it requires to be successful in that market. And that's where we are at as a business at the moment. So we're focusing on three markets at the moment, which is China, the US and Australia. Um, now, partners are crucial for all of those markets. We were fortunate in China, which is a very, very tricky market, yes. uh, to partner with a captive consumer network. So our partner over there um, 
uh, you know, it has uh, over a million members. It's a multi-level marketing company. It has a million members in China. And the great thing about that is, you know, you go into a marketplace that's never heard of the brand Maluka Australia, and you're competing with every other new brand that also has the same plan as you introducing it. It's amazing yeah. product into that marketplace. It is incredibly challenging or costs a lot of money to try and get access to those consumers so yeah. they can start buying your product to start learning about it, to then tell their friends and then to continue to buy it. Um, we have a captive market in that, in that, in that, in China that only have one honey to look at. So, um, this is a great advantage for us. And we are seeing the fruits of that growth for China. In Australia, we've done it in a more traditional way, but COVID has, has enabled us to, you know, with the growth and focus of online and online shopping and, and the ability of that. Look, the markets were moving that way anyway. However, COVID has just rapidly um, allowed that to sort of bring it forward five years to where it was moving. And so that, that means we can talk and explain why our honey to consumers is different to other honeys on the market or why our honey drink is of benefit to people that might be you know, experiencing gut health issues. And so this has really sort of coincided in a really exciting sort of first nine months of this year. Um, we've had four um, containers of um, product go over to China since April this year, which is just a phenomenal uh, start in that market. I would agree. Ben Raw from Eve Investments and Maluka Australia, we will be tracking your progress with much interest over the coming months and years. Thanks so much for joining us on the Unicorns today. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Justin.